Hello, and welcome to another episode of Autumn Tales. I'm your host, Lady M, and this is part three of The Wayward Dream, entitled Confronting the Dream. The moon was starting to slink down in the sky when they finally set out. There was still about three hours left of night before the dream would retreat. That should be more than enough time, Desmer thought to himself as he walked along. Then I could finally be rid of the city and start the lady's real task. The lady in question was striding in the front of the group. She wore a dark, heavy cloak, long opera gloves, along with a Volto face mask covering all of her glittering features. Somehow she managed to walk without making a sound. As they all walked quietly, he recalled their last conversation. I'm sure we can come to some kind of arrangement. The next minute, the three men of the watch suddenly looked dazed and slack-jawed. Desmer waved his hand in front of Narex, but the man's scowl never budged. They were caught in a daydream then. Now we can speak, said the lady, leaning back on her throne. I heard you were the best at your job, Spider. I hope the reports were true. Don't call me that, Desmer hissed. He felt her smile. Why not? You weave webs to catch things. Isn't that what a spider does? So does a fisherman, a hunter, a skilled predator. That is who I am addressing. She leaned forward intently. I have nothing but the highest respect for the catchers. Not everyone knows how to deal with dreams. But you are a noble, he countered. If anyone has the power to deal with an average dream, it'd be you. You rule over dreams. Not this dream, she said. He noticed she did not deny her position. Not this time. That's why I needed you. And what makes you think I'd help you, lady? I have other things to do. Belatedly, he remembered his manners. His anger was making him slip. Because of a few things. Namely that no one else knows this dream is down here. Save yourself. Desmer started. What do you mean? The job was posted- The job was never posted on the job boards, the beaded lady countered. It was handed to you, wasn't it? Desmer quickly tried to recall everything that had led him to leaving the dreaming. This job posting hadn't been on a job board. His captain had called him in. Desmer, have you seen this post? She'd said, just as calmly as if she'd been talking about the weather. Which, in the dreaming, could have been anything from wind strong enough to walk on to snowdrop blizzards. Then she'd handed him a slip. It looked like one of the hundreds that littered the job board. He took it without a second thought. The pay was good, and he'd wanted to do some more exploring on the material plane. I placed that job, the beaded lady rose gracefully in a dancer's pose. This job requires a bit more finesse and creativity. I needed the best. That was you. Desmer's mind was whirling. Some called those in his line of work spiders, but this was beyond him and the work of an average spider. What kind of web was she weaving? He smiled smoothly, attempting to recover his composure. I know there is more you're not telling me, my shimmering lady, he bowed mockingly. It would perhaps be even more to our benefit if you were completely honest about what you get from this arrangement. It's really quite simple, she said, walking around slowly, observing each of the daydreaming men. I needed a skilled hunter to catch an unusual dream. Should he succeed, I may have another job lined up that would pay him handsomely. Regarding a nightmare? She said this casually, but Desmer froze. A nightmare? corrupted beings of the dreaming that were devilishly clever. It also spelled more bad news than a dream run amok. On the other hand, catching one would boost his hunter's rankings into the stuff of legends. He blinked when he noticed her emerald eyes fixed on him. There was a knowing look in their expression. Shall we go then? was all she said. He never answered, but they both knew what he had decided. 
Just like that, the Watchmen snapped out of their trance, and they were on their way to finding the dream at the heart of the theater district. My lady, Ven ventured to speak after a long, awkward silence. We are grateful that you would allow us to investigate the district, but shouldn't we have reinforcements? Surely it would take more than the three of us, a reporter, and yourself. A reporter? Desmer blinked, then remembered his cover story. Tonight's tales were getting tangled quickly. It is good that the three of you are bonded so, said the beaded lady, sidestepping puddles as though dancing. That should make it harder for the dream to take one of you down. It may not go so well if we were to call in larger groups of the militia. Assuming you are correct about this creature being from the dreaming, <clears throat> Ven coughed to hide his nervousness, what would our bond have to do with anything? And what good can we mortals be against a dream creature? She paused outside a gate leading to the waterways below the city. It was locked. From the folds of her cloak, she drew out an ornate key and fitted it into the lock. Creatures of the dreaming feed on psyche threads. An individual mortal wouldn't stand a chance. Those with a bond weave their psyches together in a strong spiritual tether. It makes your minds harder to distract and separate. Hence, it makes you less likely to be prey. As she spoke, she quickly unlocked the gate, beckoning them in. She followed, locking the gate behind them. As for your second question, it is a mortal mind that creates a dream. You have more power than you might think. Ven fell silent after this. So, uh, do you have a name? Calum ventured to ask. I mean, it's a little strange to go around calling, saying the beaded lady this and that. She gently touched his shoulder. But I am strange, so it fits. Besides, you already address me as lady. That should be enough. Well, all right. Calum was silent for a moment. Well, what about you? He turned to Desmer. You have a name, right? I mean, we've been going around the city with you, but I don't think we even know your name. The other two watchmen turned to look at him. Darn. This was a situation he had hoped to avoid. The more ties he made in the material plane, the easier it would be to connect with him, regardless of what plane of existence he was on. He gave the beaded lady a quick, pleading look, but her face, obscured by the mask, was inscrutable. Too many more tangled lines of truth would trap him. It's Desmer, he admitted reluctantly, hoping the mortals had terrible memories. Nice to meet you officially, then, Desmer. Caleb tapped him on the shoulder with a grin. He tried hard not to grimace. Nice to meet you, too. Narex cleared his throat with a growl. Introductions are all fine and dandy, but that doesn't get either of you off the hook. Ven shot him a warning glance that he ignored. Say we do manage to take this thing down. What then? His voice echoed ominously in the tunnels. What does that mean for you and the city? The city will be freed and all of the lucid dreamers will be able to awaken, she replied. I think that should be enough for you. Though not one of them said a word in response, they all thought back to the child. The beaded lady had allowed them to visit one of the afflicted, a girl caught in the throes of a vivid dream. She was pale and thin with translucent skin. Her fine bones jutted up against paper-thin skin as she moved in her dream state. Her condition made feeding her difficult. Looking into her wide, unfocused, bloodshot eyes made looking at her difficult. She would mumble incoherently, punctuating her words with wild laughs that sounded like sobs. 
There are twenty others, said the beaded lady, after they had taken in the horror. They will all die if they cannot be released. The dream will consume them. It is simply a matter of time. The walls felt like they were starting to close in. Desmer glanced around. The walls were moving. Being close to a dream meant that the fabric of reality would start to behave in unusual ways. They were getting close. Calum laughed nervously. <laughs> Does anyone else feel like the walls are closing in? The beaded lady finished his sentence. Of course not, dear. It's all in your head. It is? He looked up hopefully. Unfortunately not. I'm sorry. She reached out to brush his shoulder in comfort, but stopped short of touching him. Things will get stranger in a matter of moments, young watchman. I need you to trust me. Do what I say, and no one should come to harm. Meaning no disrespect, but I still can't wrap my head around why he is still allowed to come. Desmer looked up to find Nerex glowering at him. That man never changed expression, at least whenever he looked at Desmer. He could not figure out why the man should dislike him so. On the front line is the last place a civilian should be. Including yourself, ma'am, he nodded towards the beaded lady. Unless there's something you aren't telling us, reporter. He spat that last word, an accusation. The other two stopped to watch, then started to frown. Stars! It had only just occurred to the watchman that something about the setup was wrong. He wanted to congratulate himself on a job well done distracting these mortal men. Desmer would have laughed out loud if it weren't for the measured look Nerex was still giving him. Would you risk the lives of the people of Jebberbed another night over a dislike of reporters? Really, sir, I thought the watchman had the safety of the city at heart, the beaded lady smoothly interjected, drawing his ire away. But he... But I... Desmer was surprised to see the grumpy man's expression finally crack. The moment was ruined when the men started to choke. They gasped, thrashing at the air wildly. Bubbles streamed out of their mouth as if... They're drowning! he shouted to the beaded lady. She had stopped walking, her hands a blur. She was unwinding the snarling threads of their psyche at lightning-fast speed. It was being tangled by the dream. Watchers of the night, breathe easy. Breathe deep. You are awake. You are alive. You are on dry land, and you are safe. She intoned quietly, adding a warm thread of her own into the freed threads of the mortals. Breathe! After several strained seconds, the man began to cough, gagging a little. What? Was that? Calum gasped out. You entered dream space, much like a spider's web, woven by the dream to trap the unwary. She patted him on the back. You should be all right, however, Captain. She looked towards Ven, who had mostly recovered. Now will you trust me? I... Ven struggled to give an answer. This whole situation had been out of his hands from the beginning. At this point, would his answer really matter? Does trusting you mean we have to trust that one? Nerex growled jabbing a finger in Desmer's direction. Oh, don't worry about him. I have special plans for him. The knowing smile was back in her voice. Desmer shivered. Let's see if we can get this over with. Despite the beaded lady's reassurance, Ven still felt a slight pull in the air, like they were walking through water. The feeling of being drowned hovered on the edge of his awareness. Breathe, he whispered to himself. Nerex turned to him questioningly. No one else seemed to have heard him. Sometimes he felt that his colleague was too observant. It was something he appreciated and only resented when the focus was on himself. Nerex did not trust anything about this situation. Why his captain was following along with the strange woman and the man who was definitely not a reporter was a mystery. 
The only reason he stayed was because someone had to be there to keep Calum alive and have Ven's back. Everything about this situation he hated. The dreaming? Everyone knew it was a myth. Who wouldn't like to believe there was a land of dreams somewhere? The beaded lady? An unrelated figure taking authority over their squad, like they were some common lackeys. The reporter? An obvious con man. Monster in the cultural district? To be honest, his imagination was never that good, so to Nerex, all the people in the cultural district were a bit of a nightmare to him. When all this mysterious nonsense was over, he was going to wring the truth out of that reporter. As though he could sense the venomous thoughts about him, Desmer shivered. But he did not have long to wonder before the lady stopped them. We're here. The group stood in the entrance of a passageway, leading to a grand vaulted chamber. Desmer took quick stock of their surroundings. There were seven other passageways leading this central chamber. Each was dimly lit by spluttering lanterns. There were five supporting pillars towering in the chamber and casting long shadows on the floor. The stones of this place were black and slick and ancient. This seemed like the perfect place for... Nerex, don't! he hissed as the other man stepped into the chamber. What? he folded his arms over his broad chest. You honestly believe that dreaming nonsense? I just want to get this over with. Before the dreamcatcher could answer, an enormous, tentacled limb dropped from the ceiling and snatched the watchman from the ground. He lurched into the air with a yelp. Nerex! Calum shouted, unsheathing his sword and running into the chamber. No, Calum! Desmer snatched Ven back before he could follow his men. Wait here! And with that, he sprinted into the chamber after the two men. Wait! What are you going to do? The chamber was thick with dream space energy. Bubbles emerged from their mouths as they breathed, but Desmer chose to focus on the creature clinging to the ceiling above them. Looking back down at him was the largest octopus he had ever seen. This was the shape the dream had chosen. He'd never seen one so big before. It was enormous. Nerex's strangled, Help! got him moving again. Let him go, you ugly gooball! Caleb quickly hooked his sword onto his side and, with a practice move, readied a miniature crossbow on his wrist. He aimed and fired before, fired before Desmer could quite take it in. The dart flew straight through the creature's eye. Though it did not cause permanent damage, it still appeared to have stung. The dream made a garbled noise of distress and released Nerex from where he hung about thirty feet off the floor. He plummeted towards the ground. Desmer moved like a blur, whipping out his peculiar staff. An inner mechanism opened to release a net of light, large enough to catch a man, and snag Nerex just before he hit the bricks. If it wasn't for the fact that they were in danger, Desmer would have liked to have basked in the pride for that kind of catch. What is that? What are you? Maybe next time you'll listen to me. He ignored the questions as he lowered the man to the floor. There's not going to be a next time. Nerex gopped at that massive and now infuriated octopus. At least, not if that thing has anything to say about it. What do we do? Its colors shifted between greens and blues. Its large, glassy eyes were focused on Calum, who had readied another wrist rocket. I've got an idea, but I'll need you to be bait for me. Desmer was working out some quick calculations. This was going to be messy. Just say the word. Calum kept his eyes on the ceiling. Lady, Desmer called, we've got eight limbs to occupy. If I am to catch it, we will need your help as well. The beaded lady dropped her mask, cloak, and gloves and strode into the chamber. She glittered and winked in the dim light. The dream turned its baleful eyes to her. Though it had limited expressions, they all could tell when rage suddenly filled its beings. Ven froze. Um, that's... 
he never got to finish his thoughts as two limbs shot towards the beaded lady. She leaped into the air as they crashed below her. A third flailing tentacle caught her mid-air, sending her flying. Somehow she managed to right herself, rebounding off the wall before the next arm could finish the job. Caelan was there, hacking at the limb with his sword. As though it were made of mist, the limb split and became transparent, but it passed through them harmlessly. New plan! Desmer shouted over all the crashing. Protect the lady! How? We can't harm it! Narek shouted back, swinging his sword. Again, the severed limb went transparent, reforming as soon as it was free of the blade. Keep striking at it! It cannot grab material things while it's evading damage! Desmer tumbled out of the way. This was a difficult dream, to say the least. Wild dreams despise order, and dream nobility was the worst kind of order. The beaded lady made the perfect but worst choice of bait. The fact that this dream chose an octopus as its form, on top of it being massive, with him having three humans and a dream noble to protect, made this hunt the most difficult he'd ever had. His net as it was wasn't going to work. He needed a bigger method to catch it, and quickly. Desmer! The beaded lady called, ducking and twirling through the crashing limbs. The dream still clung to the ceiling. We need a spider for this job! Another tentacled arm swung down in an attempt to crush the sparkling form then dashed forward and slashed through the tentacle before it could reach her. She spun out of the reach of two more limbs lashing at her, and she ran up the fourth towards the dream's head. A silver dagger suddenly glittered in her hand. Calum froze as he took in the lady, running almost upside down. Impossible, he breathed. A tentacle smacked into him, and he flew backwards into a pillar and slumped over. Kid! Narek shouted. Hang on! His efforts to reach Calum turned the grouchy man into a whirling storm of blades. He sliced through the tentacles, dodging quickly, almost as nimbly as the dreamcatcher and the beaded ladies themselves. He reached Calum, checking him. Narek's! Ven called, trying to make his way towards him. He's alive, but he needs to get out of here! Narek's called back, slinging Calum over his shoulder. Get back to the tunnels! Desmer shouted. Narek's took a quick look at the creature on the ceiling. The beaded lady had just reached its massive head and stabbed down. Her blade was tiny and could not go in very deep, but there must have been some magic to it. The dream let out an enraged scream and released itself from the ceiling, intent on crushing her. Look out! Then tackled Nerex, sending all three watchmen sliding into a side tunnel as the dream hit the ground. The ground shook and two of the pillars cracked, dropping stones from the ceiling. Lady, are you all right? Desmer called out, picking up his staff. He had fortunately landed near the watchmen enough to see that they were safe in the side tunnel. Calum still needed medical attention. Dream damage was no laughing matter. The dream was regrouping. Parts of its arms had fallen off from the force of the drop, and it was working to reattach its limbs. I'm here! The beaded lady's voice echoed across the room. Hurry, Desmer, we don't have much time left! As she spoke, the dream cast its furious glance about the room, lashing out again at the sparkling form of the lady. Desmer sighed and released his mortal form. He heard Ven gasp behind him, but there was nothing he could do about that. He needed a bigger net, and quickly. In the dreaming, dreamcatchers were nicknamed spiders. It was a mixture of slang and truth. Dreamcatchers typically needed more limbs to effectively wield the large, unwieldy nets of their trade, hence the reference to spiders. His form had slimmed a little and now sported an additional two sets of arms all the better for weaving quickly, and a second pair of eyes to keep watch on the dream's face. While he hated revealing his form to the mortals, it felt good to have full use of his body. Hey, Squidface, over here! 
He quickly jammed his staff into a crevice in the wall while removing the ancient psyche threads from it, anchoring a single link to the floor. It was so good to have three sets of arms. And that was one anchor point done. A tentacle came down at him and he leaped to the side. He needed at least twelve anchor points on the floor. If he could reweave his net whilst it was anchored this way, he could bring the sides up to trap the dream. The one good thing is that a dream could not break the lines, only disrupt their weaving. Two tentacles came at him now. He leapt, spinning through a crack in between two, and landed, slapping down another anchor in record time. Ten more to go! He had managed to weave and pin down another anchor when he was blinded. Stars! Why did it have to be an octopus? The ink the dream shot at him blinded him in both the material plane and the dreaming. It dripped down his face and over his hands, making them slick. Before he could recover, another tentacle slammed into him. Desmer! Ven shouted, starting towards him. Hang on! He glanced back at Nerex. Get the boy to safety. That's an order. Nerex hesitated for a split second. Yes, sir. Come back safe, sir. I will! Ven dashed back into the shaking chamber. And don't file any reports until I get back. Wouldn't dream of it, sir. Nerex took off in the other direction, carrying the unconscious Calum. Then leaped over some rubble and slashed at the next tentacle, flying towards the disabled dreamcatcher. Are you all right? He shouted, hacking at the other arm approaching. This was such a long night. As well as can be expected, Desmer replied ruefully. I can't see on either plane now, and I need to finish building this net to stop it. I'll keep it off your back then. Let's get this over with. You're going to help me? then slashed down at another oncoming limb. That's my job. Besides, Nerex would never forgive me if he didn't finally get to interrogate you. Now what do you need? I need to make nine more anchor points for my net to work. They need to be in a large enough circle to catch our friend over there. Got it. He took the blinded man's arm, turning him and quickly shoving him in a direction. About twenty feet in that direction. It's clear. I'll say when. Just go. Desmer stumbled in the direction, trying to guesstimate his next point. Turn left. Eleven o'clock. Desmer was both confused by this sudden camaraderie, and also relieved. He had not counted on being blinded, nor did he know where the beaded lady was. He figured she must still be alive as the dream had not put all its efforts into crushing him at once. "'Are you still working, Dreamcatcher?' the beaded lady called, evading a flurry of blows the wild dream threw at her. More tiles from the ceiling shook loose, crashing to the floor. Desmer bit back a curse as Ven shoved him again. He could hear the cracking and knew that the captain was keeping him alive, felt like everything was going wrong. This was supposed to be a simple hunt. Hey, is it difficult keeping extra limbs hidden all the time? Ven asked suddenly. The dreamcatcher stopped weaving for a breath in confusion, then continued his task. His fine fingers knew these threads and worked quickly tying the new knots. Um, not always, just in tasks like these. But why? Just wondering, Ven replied distractedly. Desmer could hear the sword slicing at more limbs. Then yanked him behind one of the remaining pillars as a warm liquid splashed on the other side. The wild dream was still spraying ink then. Okay, let's go. Then grabbed him and dragged him, half stumbling further around the room. Now was really not a good time for questions, he complained when they stopped. His extra hands felt the ground before coaxing a few stones into an ideal shape for his net's anchor. Oh, really? When else would I get answers about the dreaming? Crew that? Desmer quickly worked, his extra arms and fingers moving in and out. They were nearly halfway there. Things would only get trickier as he had to bring the net over the dream. Then continued to ask questions about the dreaming as he directed Desmer through the chaos of the room. As he answered the captain's questions, he realized that the other man had also recognized once this job was done, there would be no further opportunities to get these answers. Once daylight hit, most dreams would fade. 
Plus, it kept Desmer focused on the task at hand rather than his blindness. The beaded lady, he knew, was dancing just out of reach and keeping the wild dream occupied. They managed to make quick work of the anchor points. With a surge of triumph, Desmer wove the final knots. When I give the word, run, he called to both the captain and the lady. He turned in the direction of Ven. His vision had started to return, but shapes were still unclear. Thank you, Captain. My pleasure, Dreamcatcher. Godspeed. Go! Desmer took hold of his staff and gave it a twirl. The lines he had rewoven went taut, creating a woven net beneath the distracted dream. The lights flashed beneath them. Good. Now for a boost. This way! he called, attracting the dream's attention. It lashed out with a bald tentacle, intent on crushing. Desmer leaped onto the arm and let the dream attempt to shake him off. It flung him upwards whilst trying to strike him with the seven other limbs. They made excellent footholds, allowing him greater height. At his zenith, he looked down to see the creature was dead in the center of a carefully woven net of concentric circles. It was breathtaking. Gotcha! He turned his staff once more, wielding it like a spear, and plummeted towards the dream. Ven had managed to get to the beaded lady who was tiring and snagged her out of the way of the dream's crushing limbs. Beg pardon, he said, and rolled with her into one of the side passages, out of the net Desmer had woven. When he glanced back, he saw the dream catcher plummet like a star into the flashing arms of the dream. There was a brilliant flash and a shockwave that sent the two of them along with debris further into the side tunnel. A great crash deafened them as part of the ceiling caved in. Desmer! he shouted, scrambling to his feet. Then he remembered, Are you all right, lady? He extended a hand, helping her to her feet. I am. More than all right. The fog has lifted. Can't you sense it? She trained her bright green eyes into the settling dust. Then noticed that he was breathing easier. There weren't any bubbles coming from his mouth, and the air felt clear. It really is clear in here. He did it. Your doubt in my abilities hurts, Captain, a voice rang out. But I suppose not being familiar with the ways of the dreaming, that is to be expected. A battered, weary-looking Desmer sat on top a small pile of rubble, leaning against his peculiar staff, which now glowed at the top like a lighthouse. Well done, Dreamcatcher, said the beaded lady with admiration. You really are as talented as they say. Thank you, lady. I'm sure that thanks will extend towards a generous pay. Though he was chatting easily, Desmer was exhausted. Don't get too happy just yet, Vengermist. You too have a lot of explaining to do that I'm fairly certain you won't. He sighed, rubbing his temple. Just tell me who's going to clean up this mess. He gestured at the ruined chamber without looking at it. All the work it was going to need for repairs. What section of the city were they even under? Was anyone overhead when the ceiling caved in? How in the world was he going to write any of this in his report? That is where I come in, said the beaded lady, waving her hand. The rocks began to float and sent themselves backwards towards their original locations. The splits mended themselves and the dust whipped through the air like a swarm. Within minutes, the entire room looked how it was prior to the dream attack. Wait, what, was that magic? Ben touched the walls nearest him. They felt solid and looked as though they had never broken. No, I was busy waking the stones while we kept the dream occupied. These stones are old enough to have strong memories, hence dreams. Since the dream had created a large enough dream space, I merely used their dream memories to repair them. I'm not even going to pretend I understand any of that. When they emerged from the tunnels, dawn was just breaking over the edge of the mountain range. 
Though it was still early, the city was starting to buzz with news. The afflicted were awake. The snippets of conversation from the early morning merchants setting up caught Ven's attention. The tight ball he had not known was in his chest started to loosen. His city was safe. He glanced back to the two who were in close, serious conversation. In the back of the mind, he knew the protocols of the watch. What should happen next? How a report should be filed? What his higher-ups would be expecting? But they were from the dreaming. Where do tall tales exist in bureaucracy? Certainly magic existed in this world, but they were a different sort of being. How was he supposed to apprehend beings who live in the realm of the subconscious? And do what with them? He was so lost in thought that it took him a moment to register his name being called. Captain Venn? It was the beaded lady. She and Desmer had stopped some ways behind him. He hadn't even noticed. Yes, lady! He snapped out of his reverie and walked back. My apologies, you were saying? Unfortunately, we will need to part ways here, she said. And I realize this will put you in a tight position. We do have some ideas to help ease your burden. Ah, yes. Well, thank you, but it's... Calum! Narex bellowed, his heavy boots pounding the pavement. Captain, you need to come! Then wearily turned to his lieutenant as he slowed to a stop, puffing. It's good to see you too, lieutenant. What's this about Calum? He won't wake up. The healers have been working on him, but they can't find the source of his ailment. All of the other afflictive have had woken, but he hasn't... He won't stir. Stranger yet, they could not even find a head wound on him, though we all saw him strike that pillar. Is this more dream business, then? His cutting glance landed on the battered dream catcher, who nonchalantly moved his glowing staff behind him. It seems our first task was not done yet, dream catcher, murmured the beaded lady. The nightmare will have to wait. Desmer, despite being a, despite being, a being of the subconscious, was exhausted. All he could think about were how his bruises hurt, how much he would like to eat, and close his eyes. Not that he could sleep, of course, but just to enjoy the luxury of being still and doing nothing. In his current frame of mind, all he could feel was irritation. How exactly does this tie to us? he muttered back. He hit his head on a brick. He is a mortal who has received an injury from a dream. On a mortal construction, he protested. He was struck not once, but twice. First by the dream, the lady persisted. We have to take care of him. He sighed and waved to get the big man's attention. Take us to him and we'll take a look. Narex glowered as if he would say more. Instead, he pursed his lips and stalked off, leading the way. Despite only having known the man for a few hours, Desmer picked up on the heightened level of worry the man exuded. His psyche threads were a worrying shade of orange. More importantly, he did not bombard him with his usual barrage of questions. He had simply accepted that his young colleague may need help from beyond the norm, and he, the dreamcatcher had hoped for very good news when they arrived. Calum was still. Desmer and the beady lady stood back to observe while they watched Ven and Narex crowd around the bedside. Calum? Ven spoke up, taking the waxy hand of the young man. He breathed deeply as though asleep. It was, as Narex had said, not a bruise on his body. Desmer thought back to when he was struck, trying to think if anything else had occurred in those fleeting moments. Unfortunately, it was hard to remember much of anything. The battle had occupied most of his attention. He bit back a curse. He should have kept a better eye on the mortals. There is good news, 
the beaded lady had been letting her hand drift through the air as they waited. To any watching, it would have looked as though she was directing music only she could hear, or preparing to dance. Desmond realized that she was searching through the thousands of dream threads, ordering them as she went, something only a dreamy noble could do. The other two men looked up at her soft murmur. "'What's the news?' Narek spoke up hoarsely. "'Will he wake? He has a family waiting for him. He's just a boy.' "'I am aware, and I'm sorry,' the beaded lady said gently. "'He is not afflicted like the others. When the dream struck him, it knocked him his, his consciousness deep into the dreaming.' I'm afraid he's on a train of thought. Desmer sighed. Oh, boy. A what? Ven frowned hard. It's a literal train formed of thought, Desmer groaned. It's fast, long, or short, and has no set destination, so he's safe, but stuck. You're going to do something to get him unstuck, right? Nerex asked, towering above him. Oh, save your bluster for someone who needs it. Desmer rubbed his throbbing temples. Yes, we'll get him. He only got caught because he was helping us capture this dream in the first place. The problem is, we can't tell you how long it might take. That's fine, Ven spoke quickly. We both have a year's worth of leave we could take. If you give us ten minutes, we'll be ready to go. Nerex? Without another word, the big man disappeared. Go? The dreamcatcher looked up. Go where? With you. To get him, of course. He is our brother-in-arms. Then gently placed the young man's hand back on his chest. Oh, no, 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 no. Desmer shot to his feet. There is no need for all of that. I've got the situation handled. Lady? He looked pleadingly towards where the beaded lady stood musing. I think you should take them, she said. His heart sunk. They have been instrumental thus far, and who knows what having fresh eyes in the dreaming might do. Who better than one who watches to have fresh eyes? An interested glint sparkled in her eye. Besides, you have to return that dream to the Citadel. You can't be serious, he groaned. And what about the nightmare, since we're being frank with the mortals? It will involve them one way or another, anyway. Besides, their psyches will lead you to him all the faster. Take them. I'll keep tabs on the nightmare's whereabouts and negate its effects as much as I am able until you return. Then looked from one to the other. Then it's settled? Desmer sunk into a chair, defeated. Not one, but three mortals in the dreaming, and a nightmare stalking the material plane. This was supposed to have been a simple job. He groaned into his hands as Nerex came back through the door. Yes, it's settled. And that is the end of chapter one. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I hope you enjoyed the trip. Um, next will be a special episode, and then chapter two will be coming shortly. Until then, may all your dreams stay in their proper places. Bye!